Why do we find it so hard to take loving advice from people that we know care about us? I hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. <laughs> This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. We hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. Hey, are we, are we rolling? Yes, we're rolling. We've been rolling for ages. You just told we're us rolling that. rolling now. Anyway, like I said, I'm a you YouTube- You got some funky energy today. I'm a YouTube partner, yeah? So that means you now I get paid it. for this shit, yeah? Do you? When this goes Do I get paid? No. Why not? Well, I could give you half of the royalties from the videos. How much are you going to get? So I, I think I've been a YouTube partner now for three weeks. And so far it's on £5.60, I think. Oh, so I get... $5.60. So for every about, video? It's about three quid, isn't it? What do you get for a video? Well, it depends how good the video is, isn't it? And how many views it was a good getting. one, yeah? yeah? Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay, well, I might, You're leading, re- so I might have to redesign the <laughs> session then. Um, how are you, mate? We're looking um, all sunned up, aren't we? Yeah, have you, you haven't died from the sun yet then? No. I'm genetically predisposed to take sun better than you are. <sighs> Racist, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you not really pick the first day that it was hot? I see on Twitter that Good Morning Britain, we're not running with the story like it's going to be hot. Get out and enjoy it. It's been a long winter. They were running with pressure on the NHS. Go steady. Heat's going to rise. This is a fucking warning. And I was thinking, what am I going to do when I go to Egypt in October and I don't get a warning every day about how hot it's going to be? Will I survive, Has? I think you're going to die. I think I might. Yeah. I think I might. Yeah. That would be good for the world, wouldn't it? <laughs> now, we'd mourn you for a bit and then we'd get some other... Fake guru. <laughs> You'd be replaced very quickly. No, you're irreplaceable, mate. Thanks, mate. How are you how are you enjoying the week so far? I'm 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 very um I'm in good spirits, man. I'm in I'm in good spirits, yeah. Yeah, why is that? Is this the check-in? Are we going is this straight in? Have I announced it as the emotional check-in, Josh? Uh it's coming. Well, okay. Well this is this Josh. It's the emotional check-in. <laughs> <laughs> so Basically, um, I'm working on this like massive project that I can't talk about. That I fucking hate saying, I hate being one of those people. But um, but you did it anyway. But well, because what else can I do? Like I've had to clear my diary, so I'm doing lots of like working at home, and like it's really because I'm not very good at focusing. It, I've had to really like hone in and focus on uh, what I'm doing. And this weekend, I took management of. Uh, Royal Wooten Bassett under eight girls team for the first time. Oh, did you? Mate, yeah. Are you like an assistant coach or something I'm the now? fucking manager, mate. You were for this week. I'm the manager. Oh, you're the manager now? Yeah. I turned down the adults job for the men's team and then took the under eight girls team. So we'll be under nines next season. Oh, brilliant. Mate, the fire is lit for me and women's football, mate, and girls football. So we played this boys team, yeah? Um, so often girls teams, cause there's not quite enough girls teams about yet. The girls will play, like will often play boys teams. And if they do, they tend to play a year down. Okay. But our group is mixed ages. Cause there's so little amount of girls that are playing. Yeah. And this team that we were playing, like the, the two managers are stood next to me. They were good men. Yeah. They were good guys, but they were almost like 
every time one of the girls did something good, they wouldn't celebrate it in the same way that they would celebrate it when a boy did it. Okay. It would be like with surprise, like, whoa, oh, wow, number seven. And it was almost patronizing. Not they weren't, almost, they it was. It was, yeah, they weren't being, they didn't know what they were doing, right? They yeah. weren't being yeah. actively, so, so yeah, it's going to be a few fights this season, I think. <laughs> and what's the intention to win the league? No, you don't, no. No league, no, it's just no, fun. No league, fun yeah, leagues, you don't have leagues till under 12s, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So what is it, just round just, robin? Uh, yeah, you're in a league, but there's no point system, there's no top and the bottom, it's not about winning and losing. Are you managing about, your daughter? Yeah. Preferential treatment? No, mate. In fact, because I'm, you a, ever drop I'm a chronic daughter. people pleaser, aren't I? So yeah. she prob I probably am worried about upsetting everyone. So she's probably going to have it harder, if anything. No, it's round. You sub them off all the time. It's not. It's who hasn't had a chance up front. It's not about. It's yeah. not remotely about winning. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, as not much yet. as the parents would like it to be. So emotional check-in. Um, I wanted to sort of bring it a different. Uh, br bring a different approach to it. So I wanted to ask you what you've been reflective about yeah. during the last two weeks since we saw each other in this yeah. setting. Well, not quite in this setting. It was a different place, wasn't it? Yeah. We're glad to be home, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to the other place, but it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. It was all right. Just they Okay, might we might need to use them again. It might, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, what have you been reflective about over the last couple of weeks? Um, I have, like, it's weird actually, since probably the 11 years sobriety, which was like nearly a month ago now, I've been mega, I think this year is like with the things that have happened, I've had some really like big things happen um, that have just really making me reflect on where I am in my life and where I've come from. like. I come from, we know, I don't want to keep going over where I come from, but I'm f like so grateful. I feel a lot of gra gratitude. That's probably what I'm trying to get at here. Like for probably the first time in my life, I feel fully, actually feel grateful. I've done a lot of like the, I'm going to call it like, I don't want to call it toxic gratitude. What can I call it? Like fake gratitude, you know, like where you write down all the things that you're grateful for and then it ends up looking like a guilt list because you just look at it and think, I'm not stupid. I know the things I should be grateful for. Now I've written them down and they're all in front of me and I still feel shit. So just I just feel guilty. I actually genuinely feel like a lot of gratitude for where I am in my life and what I'm able to do yeah. in my life today. Yeah. Um, brings me nicely onto the second question, I think, which is um, given what you've been having to do and zoning in on this big project and c reflecting on kind of what you're grateful for, what is something that surprised you about yourself in the last couple of weeks? I was thinking about this, right? Because the obvious answer is like, you know, uh, surprised what I could achieve. But I've always sort of thought to myself that even when I was younger, yeah, I always believed that there was something in me. Do you know what I mean? Like a part of me that I hadn't tapped into. Um, and so like, I don't want to go down that route of saying that's what's majorly surprised me. I think what surprised me is how much I've been able to really start to show who I truly am uh, more on a public level. 
how so in the last couple of weeks? Uh, like even like so, I've, I've got this stuff called lion's mane. It's mushroom. It's a mushroom drink, right? It's supposed to make you out concentrate, out make you concentrate. And I did a post that was like mocking myself because I like you know I'd add it, and then two hours later, all my trauma hadn't completely disappeared. So I did a post on social media that was just a complete joke one, really. Mm. Which is quite, I, I do a bit of that, I do quite a lot of that in the stories on there. Yeah. But to actively do a post where I was just like, because you know me, this is what, what I'm like in real life really, is just a bit jokey and always taking the piss and having fun, right? And I, I, I've been trying to lean into that as much as I can and we do it on the podcast, but not, it doesn't always, always convert into my socials. So uh, I did that, yeah. Obviously, I got battered by some people for it. Did you? Yeah. What happened? Like, what did they say? Well, some people are like, one person messaged me and like, I'm really surprised you could mock a whole community like that with the work that you do. What, I'm what, like, I'm not mocking. What, I'm what, mocking the mushroom my drinking community? Self, man. Who's the community? No, because I said, um, I said something like, uh, I've drank my mushroom tea. It's not healed all of my trauma. So tomorrow I'm going to do it in the ice bath. And then when I get out of the ice bath, I'm going to go to Bali for a year and meditate in the mountains with a goat in silence or something like that, right? So I was like, in some ways I was kind of making a point that like sometimes it is easy to look out there and think that that's what the crack is. Yeah. So there was like a point behind it, which is why I posted it. Yeah. But yeah, some people, one person was like, if, if, you, would, if you understood spirituality, you wouldn't mock a whole group of people. And I was like, if you understood spirituality, you, you would you, yeah. you would understand that being able to laugh at yourself is a sure sign that you've had a bit of an awakening. Wow. What about you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, I, uh, like um, I think it will come on to like our conversation later. But I think what I've been reflective about over the last couple of weeks is how I use my time, um, and. But in an enlightened way, like I sort of realized that maybe I've been spending it on the wrong things yeah. in pursuit of some of kind of build something or create something. Right. Like, I, yeah. I, and I think uh, what I've been reflecting on is something um, that we talk about in our coaching, which is taken from something called the Landmark Forum, which is, an, is, is another sort of coaching model or framework, which is the idea of uh, the difference between your identity and your intuition. Mm. What happens is very early on, we start to build our identity. So our identity, one of the reasons we started doing this podcast is because we'd created this identity of being professionals out in the world. Um, and leaning into your intuition is really more what you need to listen to um, because that really gives a, a stronger reflection of, um, of what you really need. Yeah. And I think it's a dance. Like sometimes the identity is, is what you need to play out. So for me, I think I've probably indexed more on identity. Like I have to be the boss. I have to be uh, the right sort of, you know, I have to project like I'm the right dad or the family man. I have to be the right, you know, person that gives advice. And actually, I just need to be more intuitive about how I want to spend my time. So that's that. Um, and the thing that's really surprised me is, again, I, I, you know, we'll come on to this a bit later, but I, I think I've, I've lived my life thinking I really know myself. Mm. And, uh, and what I need and I don't need to be successful. And what's really surprised me is, is discovering the things I didn't know I needed. Yeah. Or an, I, I had, and that's been enlightening for me. Um, and just so it's not like mysterious and we'll come onto it later, it's, it's around rest. I, I just thought I, I just never needed rest. Yeah. Not like proper rest. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like really surprising. That's the thing about self-awareness is I've, the best way to know if you're on the right track when it comes to self-awareness is if you have an understanding that you don't know anything about yourself. Yeah. But like, I know that sounds like a contradiction. Yeah. Yeah. But people think self-awareness is I know myself really well. It's not. Self-awareness is I don't really know much about myself and I'm, and I'm open to noticing. It, that's the thing, isn't it? It's open. It's being open. It's opening yourself up but going hand in hand with the fact that you actually don't know. Yeah, yeah, because the, it, 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 the likelihood is, is the minute that you think you know yourself, it means you've actually closed off to a massive part of yourself. Yeah, I, I think I mean? that's how I've lived my life. And I think there's a, there's a value to it in a way because um, you, you just, you know, like you can protect yourself from yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you don't know. And true self-awareness is a bitch, right? You no, know, like, it, when you when you're fully awake and you are like shit, man, I don't know, and then you start noticing all this stuff about yourself. I mean, you'd much rather go back to sleep and just like live like most people live, yeah, which is completely unaware of themselves at all. Which is, you know, like what what's the saying? Naivety. I was going to say favors the brave. That's not right, is it? I think I've mixed two metaphors. Yeah, two, two but you understand what I'm saying, yeah? yeah? It's I like, thought it's fortune favours the brave. That is definitely, yeah. So what's the <laughs> one? I don't know what that one is. Uh, but, no. you, but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, like I, I often say, to, we often joke in the, the community that I run that, you know, what we would give to go back to just being blissfully naive of who we are. I've definitely... Um, do you remember when we were talking with Ed and he was like, you know, if you had a time machine, he'd go back and de-invent like phones and social media and that sort of technology, you know, like there's, there's, we, we can't unsee what we know now. So I would love to go back to that sort of simple way of life. Yeah, same man. Thanks for that. Yeah, good. I'm bringing back for a bit of fun. I'm bringing back, would you rather? Yeah, I'm excited about this. <laughs> now, just for all the listeners, like, as you can probably tell, Josh and I plan sessions or plan our podcast episodes and we, we tend to share what's coming up. But I haven't shared any of these questions with you. So what you the answers you give are you're hearing them for do the first time. Do you want quick fire? Quick fire, yeah. Right. We'll do about four or five. All right. All right? Yeah. So let me let me get them. So, and I've got about 25 here, so I've got to, I'm going to pick the best ones. I'll start with an easy one. Would you... And then give us, for some of them, like the answer I'll is give enough. context. For some, we might need context. So would you rather have the ability to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? Uh, what, 150 years, yeah. Well, 10 minutes is pointless, isn't it? I'll be fucking still sat here with you talking about podcast stuff. Imagine if you, at 7.22, could see the national lottery numbers at 7.32. Yeah, don't need to. My life's amazing as it is, mate. <laughs> and in 150 years' time. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you saying? Do I get to see it regularly? Just the once. Just once. Yeah. Well, ten, well, what? Well, if I can pick it, if I can see 10 minutes ahead on Saturday, 10 minutes before the lottery. Just stolen mine. You said 150 years. All right, I'll go 150 years, mate. I'd rather go there. Yeah. What would you? What would you think you'd see in 150 years' time from now? Fucking hell, man. Um, not much will have changed, but they'll live underwater. And your great, great, great grand granddaughter, granddaughter is pretty fine. <laughs> That's very good. Is it busted or McFly? I think it's busted. That's very good, mate. You pulled that out of the depth. Thank you, mate. That's the year 3000, isn't it? 
Yeah, very good. Um, would you rather? <laughs> Fucking answer. Would you? I'm just gonna go for some of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. <laughs> would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every single song you hear? Oh, that's hard, man. It's only hard because I've got to give one up. Ah, oh. dance. I'll have to go with dance so I can move. Yeah. Yeah. You love singing though. I know, man. I know. Okay. That's a really hard one because I'd want to do both. Um, would you rather have everyone you know be able to read your thoughts or everyone you know have access to your internet history? Oh, history, internet history all day long. Yeah. All day long. You can have a look at that. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Yeah, the yeah. thoughts. The thoughts, no <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same, man. So, actually, just quickly, there's a documentary, I think it was on Netflix, a I can't remember what it was on, but it was about thought crimes. So there was these two, oh, I'm gonna get this really bad, right? But, but just to get like, try and give you an overview of what happened. There was these two people, they met on a really weird like internet site and they what they uh, uh, they were into was killing people and eating them. Oh. Right? right. But, and so they ended up meeting up and oh. they planned right. kill it to kill someone and eat but them. But they didn't but, do it. But never actually did it. Yeah. And uh, and never went through with it. And then they were like caught and all their internet history was done. And it was a bit like, but they haven't actually done yeah. anything. Yeah. They but just, the intent, the they intent thought about doing it. And they were like saying, well, we were never gonna do it. It was all just a big yeah. like kink thing. Yeah. Musk is developing some, uh, some crazy software to read people's minds. Is he? Well, I mean, it, it may be very far off, but yeah. I, I, I yeah, man. I think we'd all be in jail if we could have our minds read. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Terrible. 100%, yeah. You could never hide your judgment on the tube anymore, could you? No. <laughs> no. No. So read my internet history. I delete it most of the time when I need to. Anyway. <laughs> every, every 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> um, would you rather be in jail for five years or in a coma for a decade? Jail for five. It's just less time, is it? Easy. No, uh, you can progress in jail, innit? I can learn, read books. You'd like stack you'd go press up ups every day. You'd be like, <laughs> I'd come out fucking hench and just full of wisdom. You know wisdom. what I'd do? I'd come out hench and full of wisdom, much like I'm perceived already. Yeah, you look like that now. You know, um, I'd do like what he does in the Shawshank Redemption get a tiny little axe and just borrow my way out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the most ridiculous story. I used to, jail used to really appeal to me, man. When life was really hard for me. I used to think if I got arrested and went to jail, I'd, that'd be happy days. Three square meals a day. Three meals a day. Community. Yeah, I think a lot of people in jail are, yeah. that keep going back there are there because that's... Identity. Yes, yeah, and it suits them better. Um, Can't do more. These would you fun. rather be 11 feet tall or nine inches tall? Uh, <laughs> what, nine inches is really short, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how big's nine inches? <laughs> What's the matter, mate? Uh, how big's nine inches? It's big. Uh, is it like? It's, it's small. It's like. But I couldn't hide in places and not be seen. It, uh, if you were nine inches, could I? Could I like sneak into like? <laughs> what dressing changing rooms? <laughs> Football stadiums and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But you might right. get trodden on. Nine inches. Yeah, I think I'm the same. There used to be a, a TV show called Land of the Giants. 
Right. Where basically that was the concept. They were like little. Yeah. People. You'd have a have bad it. back if you were 11 You'd be, Yeah, just people would laugh at you, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna get a bit tasty now. So so this question was actually, would you rather and uh, dot 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 on your hero, right? I've actually put one of your heroes in just to really bring it out. Oh, okay. Would you rather vomit on Gabor Mate or have Gabor Mate vomit on you? Uh, either or, it would happen at a it would happen at a ceremony. A dinner party. It would happen at a at ceremony your party, right? where we're like doing ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, yeah, and we're purging. Okay. So yeah, I'd be bang up for that. Would you? But his sick would be what? Yeah, I think I'd rather be sick on him. Yeah. Yeah, you I can imagine he eats like fermented stuff a lot. <laughs> Kimchi. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. You like or kimchi? Sauerkraut. I love sauerkraut. Do you? I love fermented stuff. I wouldn't eat a fermented egg, though. I draw the line there. Yeah. Uh, would you rather walk barefoot in a public toilet or get horrific food poisoning? Um, yeah, no, barefoot in a public toilet. You do it at festivals all the time, don't you? Walk barefoot in the toilets? Yeah. No, you don't. Yes, you do. You're not a proper festival goer, are you? Why would you... Why would you walk barefoot in the toilet? Because at a festival, you know, you have free spirit. I'm free. I'm like... you still got your shoes I'm just on. With my, no, I haven't. I'm with my people. You know, I'm grounding. Because I'm like, no shoes and socks on. So I'm like, connected to the earth. I thought you were going to say the other one. After how you reacted a few sessions ago around public toilets. I thought you would have really... Feet's different though, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Feet's different to hands, isn't it? A thicker sole. Yeah. But still... My feet ain't in very good nick either, mate. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the floor would be like, get off me. <laughs> um, would you rather only have Boris Johnson or Donald Trump as your best friend for life? I think you've asked me this one before. Times have changed. Um, um, yeah, probably the, the American one. I can't remember his name. Trump. Yeah, Trump. I think I'd pick Trump as well. Yeah. I don't know. I'd just oh, throw caution tough, to the wind and just become a like horrible bigot with him. Horrible bigot. Yeah. 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 Should we do one Not more? How off. many of these are you doing, mate? No, that's it. One, one more. <laughs> uh, I've gone and done all the good ones. Uh, Boris Johnson's a prick, by the way. Just why are we touching on? Sorry. Would you rather give up air conditioning and heating for the rest of your life, or give up the internet for the rest of your life? Uh, the internet. Easy, isn't it? Easy. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I would. If, like, I had to pick one, I'd just give up, yeah. Uh, does everyone have to do it, or just me? No, just you. It'd be hard for business, wouldn't it, for work? Yeah, you, but you, just your business would Debs die. Debs has allowed it. Huh? Debs has allowed the internet. Yeah, you're getting very practical. What? But yes, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, no, the internet, definitely. So I didn't have to have it. Yeah, You know, what's really funny, I went to see Richard Branson talk. This was a good few years ago now, but... um. But still, like it was, we were well into the age of the internet and email. And he was like, "Yeah, I don't don't use email. Don't know how to use email." Yeah. You, so you get so big that you just have other people. Do yeah, exactly. Things. Yeah. He can't write or something either, can he? He's dyslexic. That doesn't mean he can't write. But yeah, he's dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> you should know that, Josh. Um, just quickly, did you see the Apple event this this week? I didn't pay that much attention to it. They're releasing the goggles. In? Yeah, the goggles. 
The goggles. Have you seen them? The VR. Fucking, they look good, man. What's interesting is for Apple is they have gone for an early adopter market, which they never do. So, because you're going to have to be a certain kind of person to be able to buy that for three grand. But what's funny is I imagine people will find the money even when they don't have it because it's an Apple product. Yeah, so I think I, it's a bit, I, it was a bit shaky to do that. Uh, yeah, I watched a review. For, I'm a ga I love gadgets. I watched a review of it, man, and I thought I might buy them. I think I'll buy them too. They've, they, they, what they can do is amazing. Anyway, that's for another show, mate. Well, you can do that on your week if you want. I might Don't do, mate. Don't mind, though. So, I want to talk about, it's called Treble Performance. Yeah. It's a bit of a shit name, actually, when we talk about... Well, you are shit at names now. You used to be good at them. You've changed. I'm brilliant at names. At least I bother. You don't even bother. Yeah. So, what do you think treble performance is about? Um, my toes on my left foot. <laughs> See, you're being insincere now because <laughs> you know what it's about. Yeah, it's about Man City winning the treble. Yeah. So, City are the first English club since Manchester United in 1998-99 season to win the coveted treble of the league, the FA Cup and Champions League. Yeah. And it pains me to acknowledge how good that is, because I hate them. Yeah. But it's some serious feat, con considering also that they were behind in the league and basically, you know. Yeah. I yeah. don't think Arsenal lost it. I think they won it. Does that does that make sense? It does make sense. But, um, I mean, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as what United did. Just, I know that's not what that was be a better the, the topic of the subject. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but the Champions League was probably the worst Champions League it's been for a very long time. Yeah. The easiest to win, yeah. As was the Premier League, the fact that they were ch chasing down a pretty oh, oh, average yeah, Arsenal yeah, outfit, yeah. Uh, like, so, but that's quite interesting because actually, I don't think it isn't about that. Yeah. No, so no, the top, no. the topic really is is, uh, you know, all our non-football fans can breathe a sigh of relief because it's not going to be about football. It's about what do what do you learn from that kind of pursuit? Yeah. Right. So like, so maybe it was an easy uh, Champions League to win and also an easier league to win. But to keep showing up on all fronts yeah, and having to keep winning and and sustain that mentality and to come from behind and then to, to overtake. And then once you're in front to keep that, that really, it requires a, an incredible level of kind of concentration and focus, right? Mm. So what, what, do you, what sort of mindset does it take, do you think, to do something that focused? Uh, arguably, arguably, an unhealthy, obsessive mindset, one, one might say. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Do you know what I mean? The, the fact that they're getting paid for it and can make a living from it is the only thing that perhaps stops it being un unhealthy, what might some might consider unhealthy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's their job so they can do it, right? But. All of them players in that team have to just be completely obsessed with their craft. Yeah. They? Completely obsessed yeah. with it. I was, I, was, I was reading about John Stones, who uh, he's like a defender who kind of fell out of favour and he had to work his way back in. And the way he did that was just by becoming absolutely obsessed with every single detail yeah. but it isn't just about how they're performing it's about the conditions around their performance as well what they eat when they're training what they eat when they're at home and that sort of stuff 
So it is about it is about obsession, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there like is there any good is 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 there goodness that comes from it? But this is the thing, isn't it? Like, this is where the line of addiction and obsessive behavior, like, where is it? Do you know what I mean? Like, where is it healthy? Where is it unhealthy? Do you know what I mean? Because there's, even when we look at, like, on a much smaller scale, if I look at, like, what I've achieved and what you've achieved in what you do, man, there has to be a level of being obsessive about it. And cutting corners in other aspects of your life. Like, there's no two ways about it. Do you know what I mean? So so in some ways you have to just, you, you, I think you have to have, I don't know, that, that winning mentality, that desire to win. I know it from playing sports myself, yeah? I played with, the best players I played with, because I never played professionally, the best players I played with weren't that interested in football and didn't have a winning mentality. Because if they did, they would have been professional. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, even the level that I played at, I had don't lose, win at all costs mentality. That's the only reason I played at the level that I did. Because I, I wasn't that good, really, in any other aspect. So, um, I, I, I think it's an interesting place to talk about sort of addictive addictive obsession and focused obsession because a lot of people would say now the ones who want it and are pursuing something there's that's like healthy but actually i think what you sort of what you talk about there is there's there's no net like neutral going on here there's always a cost yeah so you're, you're in order to do that and you said we ourselves professionally have probably done it stuff has to get sacrificed. Mm. So, um, so what do you think gets sac sacrificed? A family, quality of family life. I know they've got all the riches in the world to try and counter it, but I guarantee you that there's, you know, that like, you listen to Eddie Hearn, you know Eddie Hearn, the yeah. boxing guy, Promoter, he's got yeah. a book, his book's called Relentless. And if you listen to him interviewed, um, he talks about it, he says, you know, sometimes I, take stock and look and I think I'm losing a lot of time with my family. In fact, slightly off topic, did you see um, the guy off Gavin and Stacey? What's his name? The blonde one, the, the one. Uh, don't do that. I know you mean. The uh, chubbier one. <laughs> um, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Corden. Corden. Yeah. Yeah. He quit the, he quit the, uh, it's not Cordian, is it? Corden. <laughs> no, it's Corden. He quit the, whatever show he was doing in America. Have you seen the interview he done? And he was like, everybody in my family had to sing to my tune all of my life. He was like, I'd be like, right, we've got to go down to here and we've got to fly over to here because I'm doing this thing. And he was like, my family just followed in my footsteps. And he said, I was turn I turned down and, you know, let go of a hell of a lot of, like a mouth-watering sum of money to stop doing it. And he was like, but I couldn't let my kid's life go by. And he's like, and I couldn't, uh, he talked about his dad going going to live near his dad and being a, his dad being able to ring him and saying, do you fancy coming for a coffee tomorrow and him being able to say, yeah. He was like, I just couldn't turn my back on that anymore. Hmm. So the cost, I think, is to the family normally. What's really interesting, and I'm, I'm not going to say just because he's rich, it's easier to do, but when you've kind of got that level of abundance, you can make those calls. Hmm. And I think when you're trying to make something or build something, so there's a spectrum of like the James Cordins of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and then people like that are just trying to make something of themselves, at what point do you go, okay, I can, you know, make those calls? It's very hard to do, right? Yeah. To pull yourself away from. Yeah, and to, for the average person on the street to try and see what you can take from Jack Grealish, who's on 250 bags a week, it's very difficult, man. He's quite relatable, though, isn't he? He's great, man. Yeah. Have you seen him? He's been partying yeah. his yeah, face yeah, off yeah. in here. It's like, yeah. I love it, man. He's because he, he feels very he's real. He feels very real, yeah, and and reachable, yeah. Yeah. Um, good. I mean, what um, we sort of covered everything here that I wanted to talk about, but one thing though is like when you are trying to do stuff, and this is let's make this less about the football team and more about just us as human beings, right? When you're trying to achieve something and it's hard, and you've just got to keep showing up. And the circumstances or the environment around you are kind of kind of playing against you or or they're gonna throw obstacles in your way. How do you deal with like doubts and setbacks? Yeah. I think it's uh, you know Jim Carrey, the comedian. Yeah. It does some like sort of spiritual chat. He's got some really good like talks if you if you look him up on YouTube. And I always quote what he said once. He said his dad was a comedian, but his dad had a way of making everybody laugh. And he said, and his his dad decided it was too much of a risk to try and be a comedian and he became an accountant. And then as an accountant, he lost his job or something like that. And then they ended up falling into financial problems. And he said, my dad taught me that you can fail at doing something that you don't want. So you may as well take a chance on doing something that you love. And I think like, as that might not necessarily play out in people's lives fully in the world that we live in. I do think there's some truth in that. Like when I look at what I've done, I took massive risks because I thought I need to do something that fulfills me. I have to chase that because to 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 not do so would leave me dead in another way, man. If not fully dead in my case. I mean, I think we would both advocate for doing that. And in a way, both of us had things reasons we shouldn't be successful yeah so i do advocate for that and for some people it's really hard to make that transition yeah man yeah the fear of the change is worse than the change itself yeah yeah and the ability to do so there's loads of things you have to take into context yeah like i i say this with no arrogance i had a certain something about me that there was a knowing that if i chased it i could really make this happen yeah um there's things like luck that you need to take into account and all that sort of stuff. Not everybody has all of these things. I had a family at home, you know, my wife who, who could, you know, uh, she had, and I've got family that if things went really, really, I'm not gonna end up on the streets, right? There's all that sort of, not everybody has all of that. So there's yeah. loads of different variables. Yeah. And I guess to bring it to the question and what can we take out of it as well, support systems, isn't it? The finances that football players have allows them a massive support system around them mm. so then maybe that's one of the big things that you need to find as a support system yeah i mean they will they will have had loads of stuff around you know personal conditioning physical condition but also mental stuff as well right yeah 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 so how does like joe blogs on the street get that Com like I, a community man i think we 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 don't talk enough about community and the ability to build a uh, a safe and supportive system around yourself you have to actively do that i think once upon a time it 
they existed more and you sort of found yourself within a community. But I think today, more than ever in today's world, you have to actively build a community around you. You have to actively go, who have I got in my life that can make me feel supported if I do this? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I don't think we should undervalue how important that can be to feel like there's gonna be somebody who will catch you if you fall. That's huge, man, because I do think that sense of community is, um, it's different now than it used to be even before our time. Yeah. And then if you throw in like that anomaly of COVID and lockdowns, and I think there's been a lot of stuff that's been um, hard to repair. Yeah. Just just basically separating friends and family communities. And, and we, we just formed different behaviors mm. and habits. And I know from my mum's uh, experience, for example, she had a really thriving community, lots of different like pockets of friends. And then lockdown really shut that down for her as an older person. Yeah, and It's been very difficult for her to recreate that because people kind of moved on with their own lives. So yeah. she's really now really trying to hard to build kind of new communities. Mm. So it's really important. It's almost like those in power used COVID to further isolate and remove power from people, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost as if that was planned. Yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Imagine they made like 50 billion in fraud over that time as well. I mean, yeah. like if that was happened, there'd be riots, wouldn't there? But no one's going to write about that, are they? No. Except? Because we made them illegal. We've made protests illegal. Yeah. Who's fighting the fight, though? The what fight? Carol. Carol, oh, yeah. We love Carol Vorderman, don't we? I couldn't think of anyone better to be doing it. Yeah than Carol Vorderman. For the context of people listening, <laughs> she's she's really flying the flag for what the government did. And let me just reiterate, by the way, because people get a bit upset with me the way I talk about COVID. I'm not a conspiracy theorist who said that COVID wasn't real. I believe it happened. But what I also believe and know actually, because it's factually true, is that the government used it um, to line and lace their pockets with yep. fraud. Yeah, I won't disagree. That's it, he's gonna move on quickly. We don't talk about COVID. No, I do. I just do it on your Hurry time. up, otherwise I'll start do talking about The main event is how to listen. So the context is this, for this next part of the conversation. You've been telling me for a long time, I just need to book a holiday, get time off. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, 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 I'll get there. And, you know, just kind of brushing you off. The truth is I didn't think I really needed one. I thought that, you know, the odd sort of, staycation where I was probably doing a bit of work or a few days off here and there, either side of bank holidays was enough for me. And I know myself, thank you very much. So I just get on with it, right? Um, you know, I thought I'm too busy, holidays will come, whatever. Like, like part of me is a bit like, you know, doing what we were talking about with James Corden. Just let me just get to that point where I can, yeah. where I can, you know, but that perfect day never comes because I'm not wired like that, yeah. right? And then we finally did, we took, you know, I took half term off and I fully like, for the first time in years, I fully unplugged. The only times I chatted to like my work crew was social. Yeah. And, and I didn't really speak to them much. So there was no work and I wasn't um, doing any work. I did check email from time to time, but yeah, that's yeah. more because I was feeding an addiction of mine rather than- Well, also you run a business, right? So it helps give you peace yeah, of mind. Yeah, but it Let was fine. Let me just check that the what, thing's not burning down. Yeah, yeah. and I, I wasn't going in, but I really felt rested. Yeah. Like, you know, proper rest. And it wasn't just not working, it was rest. I felt it in my bones. 
And so that was what, you know, I was alluring to earlier, which was around really reflecting up how much I actually needed that and need it. Um, but it got me sort of um, thinking really, like I've sort of set myself up so that I don't really take people's advice, mm. even though I know there's good, in, like my best interests at heart. And I think, um, when you had kept saying to me, oh, just book a holiday, man, just book a holiday. Yeah. It wasn't flippantly like just go and spend, I know it wasn't about the money, it was like, you just, you need to, you need some rest, Hass. Yeah. And I, I tuned you out, like I just, like, I'm not gonna listen to you. Yeah. What, so I've got a few questions around this here. So the first one is what do you, what is it that you observe about me, my character, that mm, that shuts down my listening when people are trying to do good for me? I think it's the same with everybody, by the way. Uh, or, or most people at least. There's parts of yourself that make you feel uncomfortable that you're not yet willing to explore why they exist. So we all have more than one part of ourselves, right? So it's be, it's having the ability to be able to to look at those. What, whichever, one, whichever part of you is running the show wanted to keep running the show. They felt like it was the right thing to do because if we don't, then uh, w something might happen. Now, I don't know what that fear is and what it was that you were protecting yourself from, but you were clearly protecting yourself from something. That's why that part of you continued to do it. Because for context, in the end, I sort of almost bluntly called it out, didn't I? Hmm. You said, yeah, we're gonna go away at the end of May. Um, we, we're, gonna, we're gonna go away abroad. We're gonna book somewhere. Well, we might not get away, but we're def I'm definitely gonna have some time off. And I was like, what? I was like, Hass, what? I said, you know, what fucking weird thing have you got going on about yeah. not going on on a holiday? And you were like, what? Look, there's nothing weird. And I was like, you can, it take you two minutes to book a holiday. You sit down and you book, you could book it tonight. Like what is, at the time, end of May is two weeks away. Yeah. I was like, you got time to book it, mate. Like yeah. what? And then you, you could tell that you came up with a couple of excuses and then you went and did it, right? Um. So yeah, look, I think what happens is, is we, and we're all like it, we all do it all of the time in different ways. There's a part of us that starts running the show and it's worried if it lets, if it lets the reins over to any other part of ourselves, yeah. then something will happen. Yeah. I think that is wholly true that there was a part of me that didn't want to deal with what comes with rest. Yeah. yeah. If I keep going and keep going and keep going, I don't need to think about other stuff and I'm just gonna which, which, by the way, yeah. is addiction. Yeah. Because I drank and drank and drank, because if I stopped, then I'd have to deal with what comes with if I rest. And sort of coming full circle to this pursuit thing of winning the treble, I'm telling myself and, and projecting to others that it's noble. Yeah. Which is what we do, right? So if you like, people talk about shadow work a lot, right? And I think there's like a not, not much understanding of what we're talking about. When I talk about when I talk about shadow work, yeah, it's about an understanding of all of these different parts of ourselves and the parts of ourselves that we um, are afraid of, the, the lengths that we will go to, to trick and deceive ourselves that they exist, right, is incredible. And that's what you were talking about at the beginning, which was, I thought I knew myself. Deep down you knew, you did know that there was all these other parts, but you had to keep up the act of what you was doing to ensure those other parts didn't take over too strongly because yeah. of fear of what would happen. Yeah. And just to make a point, this isn't about me having a holiday, right? 
what what I think I'm pointing to is when we have these really noisy parts or part that is kind of the overriding factor, we tune out to people, right? Yeah. Trying to help, or we we just think that like I don't want to go where that person wants to take me. Yeah, you either might explicitly know it, or it's just inherently kind of wired in. Um, why do we resist it? I mean, I know you sort of answered it, but like, what are we? What do you think people are afraid of? Themselves. People are afraid of themselves. So if you imagine that you have, like, your child part. Right, which I'll call like your your most authentic self. Take the child version of who you are, right? Childlike, full of wonder and curiosity and wants to explore the world, complete innocence, yeah? And then over your life, what you've done is develop different versions of yourself to keep that part safe. So when that part of you got hurt for the first time emotionally, a part of you came around and it might have been a part that took control of things, yeah? So it learned to take control of things. And when I make sure that I'm in control of everything, then I protect that little part of myself. And then that part failed at another part of your life. So maybe you uh, you created a part of yourself that was really funny and made everybody laugh. And when you did that, it was another version of protect yourself. But what happens is, is you build these layers. What these become is layers and layers and layers and layers and layers that ultimately in the end, keep that young, childlike, you know, innocent, curious part of yourself behind all of these layers and completely incapable of experiencing the world. Yeah. So what we're always doing, every part of ourselves, including all of the parts that we think are bad, the inner critic, yeah? Everybody says, shut it up, don't listen to it, it's a bad voice, is it? It's none of those things. It's a part of you that's terrified that if it didn't exist, that young, fresh, innocent part of you would get exposed in a way that it can't handle. Now they're all misinformed in that way. And so the work that I think people really need to do is to learn to compassionately love and interact with those parts so that then you can begin to be able to be more in in unison with all of them yeah. and understand why they exist. Yeah, I mean, just to think about, like I was resonant, like it was resonant what you were saying. Like I was like, yeah, I'm that person, the one who kind of had to show up and be in control. Yeah. yeah, I'm the one who tried to be funny and kind of that became the thing. And then those layers are just layered upon each other. Yeah. And in in when I'm not resting, they're just always there. Yeah. So like I can't like get to that innocent child just by just taking a day out. Yeah. Then it will never come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes too much to unpack. But what's really interesting is normally I was always because I probably put so much of that on and I run straight into a holiday. Let's say if I took two weeks off, it would take me three days to properly decompress. Yeah. And then I'll be good for a bit and then I'd start thinking about coming home again. What's really interesting is that I'd almost contracted differently with myself going into this holiday. So the minute I kind of got to, I'd done all the prep I needed to do, the minute I needed to get to that moment where I was in a different zone, I was ready. Yeah. And it's really funny how you talk about finding that innocent, child because that's what i think really came out was yeah like the way i was with the kids or you know jumping in the pool at night time and playing games with them and that sort of stuff that was i'm not saying i wouldn't do that but i was way more present to it and in, and i was enjoying it not i was not just enjoying them enjoying it i was enjoying it for myself yeah yeah because there's part like basically what you've done is you made those parts feel safe so if i bring it back to the question that you raised a minute ago which is like why do we get 
uh, defensive, why do we not listen? Is because often what people do, if you imagine that, that you had that childlike part of yourself, right? And then you put all of the parts of yourself, you stood them in a line in front of that childlike part of yourself. So the controlling part of you, the, the, the critic, the part of you that makes everybody laugh. And you had a row of eight people in front of that child behind it, yeah? And then somebody walked up to that row of people and went, let me snatch that bit out. Let me go and get that little child from behind you all and show it that life can be really fun. What's those eight things gonna do? Are they gonna cower and go, okay, yeah, you can do that? Or are they all gonna get bigger? Mm. Is the inner critic gonna get louder? The controlling part is gonna try and control even more. And we go through our life and people come and they try and rip that inner child out and bring it straight into where they want it to be. And all of these other bits get louder. Something happened for you where you were able to almost metaphorically take those eight parts and go, listen, Work's gonna be sorted, we're gonna do this, we're gonna be in control, it's fine, like I'm not an innocent child anymore, right? I'm an adult, I've got all of these things at my disposal. If you'll work with me, all of you, yeah, we can go and really enjoy this holiday and we'll come back and I'll make sure that all of you, yeah, compassionately get your needs met yeah. and you, you know, you get your fears, yeah, uh, like you, you feel safe in them. What came to mind there was like, when your body gets shocked, like cold water shock or something, it, it thinks you're being attacked, doesn't it? Yeah. So all this stuff kind of heightens up and actually that's what happens a lot of the time. But then when it realizes you're not gonna die or it's, you're, you're not in danger, things to say, but sometimes you have to take control. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you have to, in, if you're trying to negotiate with anything, yeah, attacking is not gonna work. Yeah. I always use the inner critic because everybody says, shut the inner critic up, don't listen, put it back in its box, yeah? Don't do that. Yeah. Because if the critic's saying your shit, you're never going to amount to nothing yeah. because it's scared that you're going to feel shame if you do that thing, don't tell it to shut up. Like the first thing you would do negotiating with that person is go, listen, what's, what's the matter? Well, listen, uh, we're not going to do that. I'm going to keep telling this. I'm going to keep telling that child it's shit and all that. Why are you doing that? Um, wow, well, because if we do that, then we'll get hurt. Why do you think we'll get hurt? Well, because then what you realize is these parts of yourself, are still they still think you're a kid in that. Mm. And then you slowly start to learn that you can be with all of these parts, man, when you compassionately do it. That's the big difference. Amazing. And you, th but that's how you can start to listen to other people. It's by listening to yourself. When Josh says to me, I should take a holiday, why is it fucking irritating me a bit? Right? It, 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 I'm irritated, right? You should start at the first place, right? Josh keeps saying, go away. It's fucking irritating me. I'm not saying it was irritating you, but it probably was a little bit. Yeah. Right, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's activating me. Yeah. Why is it activating me? All he's, all he's, he's not a bad person. I know he's my friend and I know he wants the best of me. Why is it, why is it activating me? Well, it, it, it doesn't make sense that it would activate me if I'm just too busy to go on holiday. Cause I just think, well, fucking keep saying it, Josh, I ain't going, I'm too busy. Yeah, that's where the work comes from. That's why your triggers become your best friend. Because when I'm triggered and I'm activated by something, don't get me wrong, I might, I might trace that back and find out that I'm triggered because the person in front of me is being a dick and I'm triggered because I need to motivate to make change, yeah? Or I'm triggered because a part of me is fearful about what they're trying to present to me. So, so useful. Because I think, you know, our listeners will definitely be able to point to their own versions of what I went through, right? Yeah. It isn't about the holiday. It isn't about what it was, it's about what I was experiencing when you were coming at me and I was shutting you down. Yeah. And we all need to start with ourselves to be able to listen better. Yeah. And understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah. 
And you have to go through, normally, you have to go through a bit of fire to get to that other side. What feels like the, the most difficult path is normally the right one. Yeah. The path, like, do you know what I mean? That like, there's a, I'm gonna really butcher this, but I always hear the story about, I don't know why they're matches. <laughs> there's all matches that are all over this side of a fire, right? And there's a fire and the other side of the fire, there's all these other, it's like, looks like a heavenly place. It looks amazing over there. But all these fires, are just, all these matches are just stood on one side of the fire and it's cold and it's shit and they're all just stood around just getting through, right? And one match thinks, fuck it, I'm gonna try and jump through that fire and go over there, right? And he runs up to the fire and he like jumps through it, rolls over the other side and he gets up and he's a little bit disheveled and he's like a couple of little brown bits where the fire's got him, but he's all right. And he gets up and he's like screaming at the people the other side. It's like, just, all you gotta do is just jump through, just just jump through. And most of them stay there mm. because they're too, they're too scared to just do that bit where you jump through the fire. And th that's the self work, man, for me. Yeah. The self work is like, when you really look at yourself, what you, you ain't gonna fucking like what you see. We talked about it earlier, would you rather people see your internet history or how you thought, how you think. Every person on this planet is doing, thinking, or behaving in some way that they don't want the whole world to find out. There's nobody on the planet that's like, no, 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 that I, I share every single, yeah. no way. Open me up. Even if it's <laughs> yeah. just a thought, yeah? We're yeah. all having it because you think, fuck me, man. If people knew I thought that, they'd want me dead. Yeah. Yeah? We all have that. And that's why looking at yourself is difficult, man. Yeah. And we're not, we're not prepared to do it. And we all have our different ways of doing it, you know? I Like, you know, my biggest thing that I hide behind now is being the leader in knowing all this stuff, hmm. yeah? Even now there's a bit of me that's come out to make sure that I lead this part of the conversation so that it's quite focused on you and your misgivings and all of that so that we don't go too much into me, right? Yeah. Because I'm protecting myself. I'm still protecting myself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah, It's yeah. always there, man. Yeah. Brilliant, man. I think that was a great conversation. Mate, I fucking enjoyed that today. Because we didn't talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> so n next time, we've got a, a really uh, fun thing. We're going to have a guest on. We're going to have the brilliant... Ben Lindsay, who's the yeah. CEO of uh, Power to Fight. Yeah, my mate. Another, <laughs> my real mate. <laughs> um, yeah, look forward to that. See you next time. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kai.